You're listening to the Today's Wills and Probate podcast, one of the leading sources of information for the wills and probate sector. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todayswillsandprobate.co.uk and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Wills and Probate podcast. Today I'm joined by Aubrey Dawson. Aubrey is the Managing Director at Dawson Auctioneers and today inevitably we're going to be talking about auctions and and what's happening in that space. Thanks so much for joining the podcast Aubrey. No problem at all, thank you very much for having me along. It makes an awful lot of sense at the outset to just talk a little bit about your business, what you do and we're really interestingly just before we started recording we were chatting and you were saying after this you're going to be recording a video about Rolexes so it's uh, it's obviously a very interesting line of work. It is the most fascinating industry to be in and one of the it's a little bit of a cliche but no two days are the same and, and that's very true you know one moment we can be rummaging around in, in, a, in an attic of a little two-bedroom um, you know, house in London. The next minute, next minute, we can be in a, a fifteen-bedroom mansion in the country. So, there's such a wide variety of of both places we visit, people we see, and objects that we look at. Well, where did Dawson's Auctioneers come come from initially? How how did that come about? So, we're a relative newcomer um, in the industry. We've been established for seven years. And we very much founded the business on on the basis of trying to demystify the industry. There's a lot of um, a lot of sort of misplaced beliefs that you know if you go along to an auction, you're going to scratch your nose and you end up buying something for a thousand pounds. And you know it's, it can be it can for the first time auction go, it can seem quite an intimidating place. So we wanted to make it very open, very approachable very friendly most of all and an easy place for somebody who hasn't been before to come along and um, you know and, and come have a good day out there'll be a lot of people listening who uh, if they were ever fans of only fools and horses will have that image in their mind of the auction house and delboy and rodney falling over as that that watch is being sold when you say you go up and down the country and you you you, you do these house clearances what typically do you find? You must find all sorts of trinkets and nuggets. And, and what sort of is of, of real value when it comes to uh, to your line of work? Yeah, I mean, our line of work is a constant treasure hunt. We're always out there looking for new and exciting things that we can discover for our clients and bring to auction and make a lot of money. There's such a, a wide variety of objects we sell. It's hard to be. It's hard to say exactly what is what is sought after, but some of our strongest areas are things like jewellery, silver, wristwatches, and paintings sell very well. So, you know, everyone has watched the Antiques Roadshow and they see the sort of things that people bring along to these programmes. So, you know, it's hard to be specific, but there are there's such a wide variety of things. But certainly jewellery, watches, silver, they're always very good sellers. They say values in the eye of the beholder, don't they? I mean, how do you start to ascribe value to uh, some of the stuff that goes to auction well just before i answer that i'll tell you an interesting um, little story we went to a call to a deceased estate in um, egham in surrey and one of our valuers was looking through the contents and found um, a couple of boxes of old pottery wrapped up in newspaper from the 1970s 
started looking through and the the family said the words oh if we get a few hundred pounds for this lot we'd be delighted so um, our valuer was carried on looking through and it turned out to be a collection of martin ware pottery from from the victorian era and martin ware is characterized by these sort of very grotesque masks um and these really funny sort of grotesque bird jugs but they're incredibly rare and very sought after and this collection went on to sell for £150,000. Wow. So beauty really is in the eye of the beholder because these people thought they were just you know, ugly old broken pottery and had no idea of their worth. So a lot of the items we value really are based on our experience. You know, we have a whole team of, of um, experienced specialists here who have worked in a number of auction houses as well. And, you know, we've got several hundred years of combined experience. So it's that com- coupled with, you know, various um, price databases, etc. certainly for things like paintings that help us reach our valuations. I think we've we've all got this image of auction rooms and you've alluded to, you know, scratchy nose, buy something for a thousand pounds, as you said. What's your kind of typical buyer like? Is there a typical kind of buyer? Um, in short, no, there isn't. We get buyers from, from all walks of life. One thing that we have seen recently um, due to the, you know, the, the pandemic is a lowering of the age of buyers. So Three or four years ago, the average auction goer might be, you know, a lady in her 50s or 60s. Um, and now we're seeing an even split between men and women. And we're seeing a lot more buyers in their 30s and 40s as well. I think people are starting to become a bit fed up with the likes of Ikea. Everyone's living rooms look the same. So they're trying to find interesting and unusual things they can furnish their homes with. Is there an element that people are looking for investments that are going to appreciate in value as well? Yeah, I think there's an awful lot of that. And I think there's a lot of speculation as well. So certainly if you look at the precious metals market, there's a lot of people that feel it's still a great time to be buying you know, gold and silver in particular. There's a lot of speculative purchase of paintings, certainly for up and coming artists. People think that, you know, this artist is going to be on an upwards trajectory and in 10 years time might be worth twice what I paid for it. But our advice is um, buy what you like. Because if you can't make your money back or you can't make a profit on it then at least it's something that you still enjoy having on your wall or having in your home so if a slightly younger buyer a slightly different demographic is is one of the key things that you're kind of seeing emerge in this sector uh, what else are you seeing that's happened over the past couple of years has it been impacted or affected by the pandemic what, what are you kind of seeing uh, you know changing in in this space I think we have seen a lot more um, consumers coming into the market. So lots of first-time auction goers coming along. They have been brought up buying on eBay, etc. And because all of our auctions are online as well, this is the next natural, the natural step for them. Um, so lots of new younger people coming into the market, and you know, also auctions are a great place to buy. You know, you can get good money, good value for money as well. And to what extent then have you tried to adopt that in your business? I think we are a business that very much tries to use technology to our advantage. So we you know, we stream all of our auctions online to a global platform. We try and make our auctions a little bit like a television show. So we have multiple camera angles instead of one fixed camera on the auctioneer. We have multiple cameras. So you might see... You know, one second the, the camera's on the auctioneer, the next minute it flicks to a porter holding an object, then the camera moves to a telephone bidder, um, and then a different angle of the auctioneer, etc. Just try and create that, that interest in that atmosphere. 
there's a real marketing piece behind it, isn't there? Sort of creating fear of missing out, FOMO. Yeah, and and the other thing is there is so there are so many things competing for people's attention today. You know, it's easy to spend an, you know to lose an hour scrolling through Instagram on your phone, etc. Um, and I think you know sometimes there's there's a little bit of a rejection of that, and people want something that is a little bit different and and, and a bit more interesting. So if that's what's happened over the past sort of year or twenty four months. What are the key challenges that you see coming ahead in 2023 and beyond? So I think one of our challenges is um, essentially, you know, keep it, you know, we're very much a market leader. We have brought a lot of um, now what are industry standard practices, such as the way we broadcast our auctions, the way we handle our media, um, the way we operate our social media. We've been leaders in some of those and we've seen a lot of our competitors following suit and, and catching up. So our challenge for the year ahead is to, you know, carry on that that march, carrying on that progress, ensure that we we are being that industry leader that people expect us to as well. Um, and then our ever present challenge is being out there, meeting new clients, and finding interesting and exciting things that we can sell. Which leads rather neatly on to the probate market and and practitioners. Uh, typically, how do you kind of work with practitioners at the moment? So we differ from a lot of auction houses in that we are probate specialists. So the vast bulk of our business is made up of probate work from deceased estates. We work with several hundred law firms around the UK and we provide a complete probate service. So more and more clients, they don't want to have multiple suppliers dealing with multiple parts of the estate. They want sort of a one-stop shop does that make sense so our strong selling point is that we offer a complete property content solution we come in we'll do the the initial probate valuation for inheritance tax purposes then we'll sell all the saleable goods that are not being kept and we do the the property clearance so it leaves the property completely empty and ready for sale so at what point in the process do you typically get in, involved in the probate so we are instructed um so either by a solicitor who is, is the executor themselves or is, is advising the executors or we're instructed by the executor directly. So they might have um, you know, found us on the internet, on a Google search, etc. But an awful lot of our work comes from repeat referrals from solicitors. So we will typically be called to a property usually within two to four weeks following the, following the date of death. Um, that's the point where usually after the funeral has happened and um, that's when the executors then want to get the ball rolling because they're often well aware that there are delays at the probate office and that you know this isn't a quick thing and they're looking at potentially a 12 or 18 month wait. And is there anything that you particularly do in your approach that differentiates you in the market? I think probably the the standout thing which customers have said is our is very much our personal hand holding approach. When we're dealing with an estate, we appreciate that it's often a very difficult situation for clients to be dealing with. You know, they're facing having to deal with the loss of a loved one, but at the same time, they've been thrown into this world of probate that they didn't really know existed. And I was speaking to a lady recently, and she said, "I'm, I'm, you know, I'm struggling to deal with losing mum." 
but I've got all of this paperwork and all these things to deal with and, and I don't know where to start. So I think what sets us apart is our, you know, our caring and sympathetic approach. Um, and we very much hold their hand as we walk them through the process to try and take the stress out of it. You've told us about your pottery that you found, uh, which yielded, uh, I think you said, £150,000. Um, you must have some other really interesting stories about some finds as you've been going through properties we have got you know i could sit here all day and talk to you but a couple that really spring to mind one quite recently actually just a few months ago we were called to a small bungalow in uh, enfield actually this story made it into the times and um we walked around the lady had gone into a care home with dementia we walked around the property couldn't find anything of value in in the whole whole bungalow and um then went into the lady's bedroom and hanging above her bed was this most wonderful Renaissance masterpiece that nobody knew was there. She'd inherited it from her father over 30 years ago and had hung there ever since. And we sold it for just over a quarter of a million pounds, which was an incredible result. And it meant that the lady having, they could only afford the smallest room in the care home. So this money meant they could afford the biggest room in the care home and have a much nicer way of life as well. So that was a really wonderful, you know, wonderful human element story to it as well. Yeah, really transformative. Wow, that that's that's fantastic. And I guess these sort of fines, you know, really have that. Whether it's an IHT bill or, you know, whatever it is that you end up needing the money for, it, it can really change. It can change the way the probate's gone for somebody. Absolutely, and because we are working for, you know, we're working for the client. Our interests are aligned. You know, we're working on the same team. Um, you know, we're there to get as much money as as we can for the client. You've described there how this particular painting had been handed down through the generations. Is that typically how you're finding things? Do these trinkets get passed down through generations? People just don't know what the value of them is. Uh, and therefore, when you're sort of finding them, you're finding them because, I don't know, they've, they've, um, they've never really been valued previously. Exactly. And that is why it makes sense to, why it's imperative really to get a professional valuer in, you know, like one of our team who knows what they're doing, because it ensures that you're not going to lose, you know, items of value. So often, you know, we see that, you know, a man and van has come in and cleared everything. Uh, but actually, well, what happened to that really nice, you know, clock there was there and what happened to that nice painting that dad had? All these different things. And it's easy for them, it's easy for, for clients to make poor decisions when they're when they're dealing with grief as well. So having a professional firm that is on their side ensures that they're going to maximise the value of the estate. We um, we had a uh, another job a little while ago in, um, in Berkshire and Again, it was a deceased estate, and the family said, oh, we think Dad had a, a coin collection somewhere, looking through the property, and we eventually found the folders of coins. And it turned out they were all very early gold and silver hammered coins, the earliest dating back to 1604. And this coin collection um, sold for £180,000. Now, obviously, that's not an everyday find. I, I, you know, I wish it was, but you know, we find interesting and exciting things every single day that people had have no idea of their value. I think the anecdotes about what you find, as you say, we could sit here for most of the rest of the day and talk about it because they're just brilliant. And I think the real story behind them is the fact that people just simply don't know that they're there. And I think about my own situation. You know, my my mum and dad have been in their house for over thirty years. I mean, goodness knows what's in there. 
looking ahead, what are you most looking forward to about the next part of the Dawson's Auctioneers story and what's happening in the wills and probate sector over the next sort of 12, 24 months? So we see an awful lot of people who try and do probate themselves. Our advice is always to use a solicitor, do it properly, get a professional valuation. All of these things give you peace of mind and ensure that you've done, a, you know, ensure you've done the job properly as well and that you've carried out your duties as an executor correctly. So I'm looking forward to more awareness being raised, you know, of, of things like this, of, of dealing with probate correctly. But I think most importantly over the next 12 months, we're looking forward to reaching out to new solicitors that we haven't worked with um, and to helping their clients and, and helping maximise the values of these estates. And do you see that you've got a role in that education piece? Because that's what it is, isn't it? It's about educating people in just understanding what the ins and outs of probate are. And, and as you say, perhaps in a lot of cases, the need for professional support with it. Absolutely. Um, it, it very much is education based. And we're also looking at developing a new CPD module at the moment for solicitors, uh, which will help them specifically around these areas covering um, you know, valuations for estates, ensuring the, the contents have been dealt with properly, because you would never dream of not getting a professional valuation for the property itself. So it makes sense to do the same for the contents, you know, which can often have a significant value. We've talked about a huge amount of the positives here, but there's the shady side. I don't know whether shady is quite the right word, to auctions, where perhaps you get a scenario where, you know, somebody recognises that something's worth a lot of money, you know, five, ten thousand pounds. You're clueless about it. And therefore, if they offered you, you know, five hundred pounds, uh, you'd say yes. What's protecting the consumer from that kind of practice? So I think if you look at the auction industry itself, the auction industry generally is very professional. Um, it's not a regulated industry, but a lot of auction houses, including us, choose to be regulated. So we're members of the Society of Fine Art Auctioneers. Um, we've got a number of um, auctioneers here who are members of the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors as well. So the auction industry itself is very professional. Looking to the, the probate side of it, there are a lot of... Um, should we say, bad practitioners who will offer valuations very cheaply. They will then try and buy the goods at the values that they've given. Um, and and it, again, it's, um, it's not the correct way of operating. You, If you're going to be dealing with a state, you need to get a professional valuation by a regulated firm. Um, items shouldn't certainly not be bought outright. They need to be offered at open market, i.e. at auction. So consumers certainly executors, solicitors, can protect themselves by ensuring that they're instructing a professional firm to deal with the estate for them. And is there ever any comeback on the firm if something that has come out of the property that perhaps was sold cheaply ultimately was worth a huge amount of money and therefore the executor or the beneficiaries um, have been you know, effectively left out of pocket? Yeah, so any any professional company will carry professional indemnity insurance, which will cover any events like that. But those are incredibly rare. 
um, because items are offered on the open market. You know, all of our auctions, for example, things, you know, items are promoted to a huge global audience. We have buyers in over 120 countries around the world, and there's millions of people look at our catalogues every month. What we do see very occasionally, I think I've had two or three in the last 20 years of, of practicing, is um, HMRC will come back and question evaluation. Now, if you've used you know, a local man and van who's bought half the things for, for no money at all, then um, you're going to leave yourselves wide open to HMRC probing further. Um, however, the couple of HMRC queries that we've had, we've been able to back all of our valuations up with comparables, with photographs, um, and those, and that has closed the case straight away. So we spoke earlier about that all-important peace of mind. And when you instruct a professional firm, that, that's what you're getting as part of the deal. I'd be very happy to sit here and talk to you about auctioneers and, and auctions for the rest of the day, Aubrey. I think the stories you could tell would be brilliant, but we're sort of out of time. Thanks so much for joining the today's Wars and Probate podcast. It's been a delight to have you on. You're more than welcome. Thank you very much for having me. The Today's Wills and Probate podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on the Today's Wills and Probate website. Thank you very much indeed, Aubrey. Thank you very much indeed for listening, and we'll see you again soon. You're listening to the Today's Wills and Probate podcast, one of the leading sources of information for the wills and probate sector. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todayswillsandprobate.co.uk and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.